to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. And every week we wolf out, surf the top of a moving van, and slam dunk a basketball, <laughs> despite being five foot four. All this to bring you the best information available about Wall Street and the financial markets. Now this week we're talking earnings again. We've gotten some big companies reporting recently. Last week alone we got results from Facebook, Amazon, and the parent of Google. This week is the big dog, the Alpha Tech Company. That's right, Apple is reporting. So we're taking a Teen Wolf-inspired look at the leader of the Wall Street pack. And because we're old, we're inspired by the 1985 Michael J. Fox movie and not the MTV show. Sorry, kids. We'll take a look at what's been going on in the iPhone maker's world and preview this week's results. We'll also get a sneak peek at a few other notable companies reporting. This week is a slacker's paradise, so to speak, full of fast food and video game companies. <laughs> we'll get into them. Earnings isn't the only thing out this week, thank goodness. We're also going to get some of the biggest economic reports. Yay! The government's set to release its monthly jobs data, so we'll take a look at the labor market and how the employment report could affect interest rates. And as always, we howl at some of Wall Street's more obscure moons. This week, though, in honor of Apple, we've got a series of stories about technology taking over our lives. We've got a company in Wisconsin that's installing chips into their workers. And I don't mean Doritos. We've got federal regulators trying to get oversight of parts of the cryptocurrency market. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we have a Singapore company trying to tie your Visa card with Bitcoin. And Delta Airlines is testing the use of fingerprints instead of boarding passes. Yes, all this and more on the Something Monstrous episode of Offbeat Wall Street. Styles. Styles. This is just between you and me, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. T.W. <laughs> Look at you. T.W., you're going to be glad that you came to me with this. Yes, because with the right angles, man, we're going to turn this into something... Monstrous. All right, well, earnings reports are going to be the big headline generators for most of this week. Now, last week, as you may remember, we saw results from the rest of the FANG companies. Now, Google, the G in the FANG, dipped a little bit in the wake of its quarterly reports, which saw the bottom line drained by a multi-billion dollar fine in Europe. Meanwhile, Facebook got a boost. The social networking giant rallied in the aftermath of its report thanks to a better-than-expected bottom line. Finally, we had Amazon. CEO Jeff Bezos was briefly the richest man in the world last week. Now that's until the online retailer released its quarterly results. Earnings for the quarter plunged to $197 million from $857 million in the previous year. The result was below expectations. As a result, Jeff Bezos went back into the gym to pump more iron. Well, that was last week's FANG earnings, so this week we move on to the alpha dog in the tech space, namely Apple. They'll be the marquee name reporting earnings this week. You know, it's been kind of a bumpy road for Apple at earnings time over the past several quarters. Back in January, the stock saw a nice 6.5% boost following the release of its quarterly report. But more times than not lately, the stock has dropped following the release. This has happened in six of the last nine quarters, including four out of the last six and two out of the last three. The last time around, the company recorded quarterly profits of just over $11 billion, which beat expectations. However, revenue growth was below expectations, and that was due to lower-than-projected iPhone shipments. Now, this time around, earnings growth at Apple is seen at around 11% compared to last year. Revenues are expected to rise about 6%, with analysts expecting a top-line figure of about $44.7 billion. Investors are also going to drill down on the iPhone sales figures. So that product makes up well, only about two-thirds of Apple's revenue. 
revenues. <laughs> oh, by the way, it also happens to be a major part of the company's profit. And there's been a bit of concern lately about a saturated smartphone market. Investors have been looking for signs of Apple's post-iPhone strategy. Beyond Apple, Tesla will be another highlight this week. The electric car makers expected to post another loss for the quarter. Moreover, analysts are generally expecting the red ink to be deeper red this year compared with the same period of 2016. Revenues are expected to be up dramatically, though. The top line is projected to more than double to $2.57 billion. All right, taking a look at some of the other companies on the earnings schedule this week. We've got, uh, well, some of my favorite restaurants set to release their quarterly results. We're going to get earnings from Potbelly, Shake Shack, and Cheesecake Factory. We've also got Yum Brands, the parent company of KFC and Taco Bell. Mm-hmm, that's a murderer's row of fast food, although I do love that Georgia gold chicken. Mm. Of those, expectations are the highest for Shake Shack. The chain of upscale burger joints is projected to see double-digit earnings growth, boosted by a nearly 35% jump in revenues. And while we're talking about munchies, we might as well talk about video games, because this week is going to be a big one for video game makers. Industry bigwigs Activision Blizzard and Take-Two Interactive are both on the list. Activision may, of course, make Call of Duty, while Take-Two has the Grand Theft Auto and NBA 2K franchises. It's been a good year for both stocks so far, both currently sitting near multi-year highs and are raising expectations for the reports. All right, now we've got uh, fast food and video games covered, and with all that eating and sitting around, health insurance is going to be important. Yes, Cigna, Aetna, and Humana are all set to report. MetLife and all states are also on the docket this week. Let me give you a little advice. There's three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city. And never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now, you stick with that. Everything else is cream cheese. Great game there, Scotty. Thanks, Coach. Okay, as we've just spent the past several minutes talking about, the earnings are going to be, well, the big news for most of this week, but that all ends with a big-time economic report. Yeah, the government's set to release its monthly jobs report on Friday. Now, last time around, job growth came in well above expectations. The Labor Department said that payrolls expanded by 222,000 in June. That was above the 179,000 that economists had expected. Now, in addition, the employment growth for the previous quarter was revised higher. The the latest stats showed 152,000 additional payrolls in May, and that was above the 138,000 that was originally reported. Now, despite the job growth, the unemployment rate ticked up to 4.4% in June. It had reached a 16-year low of 4.3% the previous month. That rise in unemployment came as the labor force actually expanded. Government stats showed that 361,000 people entered the labor force in June. The jobs report is important for obvious reasons. It's also important because of its impact on the Fed. After a couple of rate hikes earlier this year, the Fed well saw its shadow a bit in recent months and has been scurried back into its hole. There's concerns about long-term growth, and with inflation still under wraps, the Fed can afford to keep its rates low for a little while longer. So last week's policy meeting ended with rates holding steady just as we predicted. And rates are expected to stay steady for the near term. The futures market is currently pricing in 100% probability. (laughs) No room for error there. And uh, that's 100% that rates will remain exactly where they are following the Fed's next meeting. That decision is due out in September. Chances are 98% that rates will be the same following the November meeting. Now, things get interesting again in December. Chances are split about 50-50 that there could be a rate hike by the end of the December meeting. Odds are slightly in favor of higher rates, and the odds are currently sitting at about 52% that there will be a quarter-point rate hike by then. 
A single jobs report probably won't do much to change those odds. However, they could raise red flags in either direction. An extremely strong showing might start rumblings that inflation is about to start heating up, and it could put the Fed on alert for other inflationary signs. If enough buildup, the rate hike schedule could get moved up. Meanwhile, an extremely weak report may play into fears that the economy is starting to fray. Enough evidence of this, and the Fed would push back its next rate hike until 2018. Given how 27 has unfolded so far, the second scenario seems a bit more likely, but we won't know until the jobs data is due out. All right, beyond the employment report, there's a couple other economic reports worth mentioning this week. We'll get some data from the Institute for Supply Management. Now, that industry group releases two widely read reports, one on the manufacturing sector and the one on the services sector. Both of those due out this week. And we'll also get some data on personal income and spending, as well as reports on construction spending and international trade. An explanation is probably long overdue. An explanation! Jesus Christ, Dad, an explanation! Look at me! Look at you! It's not as bad as it looks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. You mean you knew about this? You knew about this and you didn't tell me? I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. I was hoping it would pass you by. Well, Dad, it didn't pass me by. It landed on my face. All right, each week we like to wander off the beaten path a little bit, take a look at some money stories that, well, they're not exactly Wall Street related. So time now for our quick hits. Okay, first off, a few stories from the brave new world of technology. Let's start with a company that's offering to implant chips into its employees. Wisconsin-based Three Square Market has pitched its employees on the idea of implanting a tiny microchip into their hands. The small RFID chip is worth $300 and allows employees to open doors, log into computers, and even buy snacks and lunch. Although the program isn't mandatory yet, about 50 of 80 of the employees at Three Square's headquarters have surprisingly volunteered to participate. Okay, from paying for lunch with electronics to full-on electronic currency. It appears that federal regulators are taking a step to oversee cryptocurrencies. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission says that the security laws may apply to the sale of new digital coins. The SEC has warned that offerings and sales of digital assets by virtual organizations are subject to the requirements of the federal securities laws. Offers and sales conducted by organizations using distributed ledger or blockchain technology have been referred to as initial coin offerings or token sales. Okay, here's another sign of the cryptocurrencies that are going mainstream. A Singapore-based startup wants to make cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin available for everyday transactions. The company is called 10X, and it's built up an app that serves as a digital wallet connected to a Visa card. The debit card will instantly convert multiple digital currencies into different types of regular money, such as dollars, yens, and euros. Oh my. When the card is swiped at a restaurant or retailer, the cardholder's crypto account will be debited while the merchant will be paid in local currency. And now the last of this week's stories about technology taking over. Delta Airlines is allowing some passengers to use fingerprints instead of their boarding passes. The pilot program at the Reagan Washington National Airport will allow members of Delta's Sky Miles loyalty program who are enrolled in Clear, that's a third-party biometric screening program, to use their fingerprints as proof of identity to board the plane. Delta's biometric boarding pass experience was launched in May at the DCA Delta Sky Club. In the initial phase of the biometric boarding pass test, which is coming this summer, members can also use their fingerprints to check a bag. 
Okay, on to more adventures in air travel. Uh, Travelers leaving Comic-Con International in San Diego were in for a bit of a rude shock after United Airlines said that their comic books were banned in their checked luggage. If it's one thing I learned, do not deprive a geek of their comic books. Yes, United Airlines claimed it was a mandate from the TSA. The airline says that the Transportation Safety Administration issued a rule for all airlines operating out of San Diego over the Comic-Con weekend. However, the TSA denied the existence of such a rule, saying that all books were fine in both checked and carry-on baggage. And geeks everywhere breathe a sigh of relief. And finally, a sign of different gender inequality. A new study shows that women are better than men in raising funds from crowdfunding sites. According to stats compiled by PricewaterhouseCoopers and the Crowdfunding Center, women are more successful than men in raising their funding targets from crowdfunding sites. The study showed that women were 32% more successful than men. The analysis based on 450,000 seed crowdfunding campaigns across the globe. Further, women-led projects received a greater average pledge amount than projects led by men, with an average contribution of $87 to women and $83 to men. Sorry, guys. Those are the figures. Whatever your name is. That was really... Thanks, babe. I love you. Something. Thank you very much, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe. While you're there, why not rate and review the show? Good ratings help other people discover it. Bad ones help people avoid it like the plague. So either way, it's helpful. Also, make sure you let all of your friends know. Check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet, ST like you see on the street signs. And of course, a big thanks to the Big BS for shoveling all these fine words and co-production onto the podcast. And a special thanks to our good friends at RTT News and some of our uh, more casual acquaintances over there for providing well, some of the news and stats we use in the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, just a little advice about keeping the day-to-day gains and losses in perspective. It doesn't matter how you play the game, it's whether you win or lose. And even that doesn't make all that much difference. Have a great week, everybody.